0: It was about four years ago, my sister's daughter, Jamie, was expecting her second child, but she and her husband didn't want to know the gender of the child till the child was born. It wanted to be a surprise. So it happened at night, suddenly, my sister texted all the family and said, Jamie had a girl and her name is Zone all right, zone. I've heard weird names for kids before, so I don't know. I guess that's what they want, that's what they get. Well, the next morning, my sister texts all of us and said, that darn spell check on my phone, the baby's name is Zoe, not zone. So we have to live with the fact that she's not the zone, but she's the Zoe. Because all of our names mean something, parents take a lot of time to to go through books and through family history to come up with a name, either the name of a saint, a name of a relative, or maybe a name they create with very clever spelling. But uh, our names all mean something, like Ashley means meadow, Charles means warrior, Rebecca, to join or to tie. Mary, my beloved. My name Gregory means watchful. So names are very important, and we we were proud of our name, both our first and our last name. But when God calls somebody to a deeper relationship with him, he changes their name. Like today, when he met Simon, he looked at him and said, you're going to be Cephas, rock, rock, Well, as we all know from the Gospels, Peter was anything but a rock. He was very impetuous and outspoken. When the Lord gave him a great catch of fish, he said, leave me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. When Jesus said he's going to die, Peter puts his arm and says, no, Lord, you're never gonna die. Jesus turns on him and said, you're a Satan. Don't try to veer me away from my father's will. when he's in the boat and the boat is storming and Jesus is on the water. If you want me to, I'll walk on water. So he gets out of the boat and walks a little bit and then he's overcome by the wind and the storm and he starts sinking. And at the last supper he says, Lord, I'll die for you. And a few hours later, he denies him not once, not twice, but three times. Hardly a rock in my estimation. And yet, Jesus called him that. He didn't become a rock right away. It took a while. But he ended up becoming that rock, that rock of faith for our church, of being the leader, of being the first among the apostles, one who would, even after the resurrection, would make goofy mistakes, but would repent and would move on. And finally, he would die for Jesus. And the story goes that They were going to crucify me. He said, I'm not not worthy to be crucified like my Lord. Crucify me upside down. So he died. He died a rock. It took a while, but he got there. You know, whatever your name is after baptism, you had a name change, a change maybe you didn't quite realize. Say your name is Emily May. No, you're Christian, Emily May. You say your name is Edward Joseph? No, it's Christian Edward Joseph. You say your name is Teresa Maria? No, it's Christian Teresa Maria. See, Christian is our first name. When we were baptized, we were getting to a new relationship with the Lord, with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. With the Father, we're a child, adopted child. With Jesus, the Son, we're a sibling of Jesus with the Holy Spirit, we're a temple of the Holy Spirit. Our relationship changed on that day we were baptized. And besides that relationship, we were given a relationship to our faith community. So we're Christian Catholics, part of a community of believers that now we're related to spiritually and actually. So we're called to live up to that name of Christian. Last week's prayer after communion is very powerful. I want to read it again because it's at the heart of what we're going to talk about. It says, Lord, nourished with these sacred gifts, we entreat your mercy, that faithfully listening to your only begotten Son, we may be your children in name and in truth. Name and in truth. Now, we're all painfully aware of our weakness and our sinfulness. We know we can be very petty and selfish. We can be very impatient and angry. We can have thoughts that are unbridled. We know that about ourselves. And we're ashamed we're not living up to that title of Christian. However, we must remember the times, too, that the Lord helped us to live up to that the times you wanted to say something really mean and nasty to somebody and you didn't, the Holy Spirit helped restrain you. Or the times that we wanted to go to that dicey website and just check it out and no, we won't do that. Or the times we wanted to get angry and use God's name in vain, and we didn't. See, we have to acknowledge those times that the Holy Spirit helped us not to give into temptation, but to truly live up to our name as Christian and Catholic. Those times when God was successful with his grace in our lives. So we need to thank God for those times and need always to remember them, not just our sins. Now a great name change in the New Testament that I love so much was for a guy named Joseph. Joseph was a missionary along with St. Paul and Mark and Luke. And he had such faith. He was so filled with hope. He had a a great love that the community renamed him not Joseph, but Barnabas, meaning son of encouragement. Encouragement, son of one who gives heart to others. And he lived up to his name. And it's a wonderful name to have because we do need a church full of Barnabases today. We need a nation full of Barnabases of encouragement. People are discouraged and are down and they're negative and fearful and upset. We need Barnabases, you, me, to be Barnabas to one another. Not just to point out somebody's fault, but to find something to encourage them for. To find something to uplift them for. Not just to always be negative about what's going on, but to be hopeful and to share that hope. Called to be Barnabas people of encouragement. And we need to encourage all the time and really work on that. But especially at this time, during the pandemic and during this, the state of our nation, its mood, we need Barnabas badly. We need you to be Barnabas badly. Now St. Paul, I'm sure was influenced by Barnabas, his great energy and zeal, his enthusiasm, and in the second letter to the Corinthians, this is verses 3 to 7. Listen up. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all encouragement, who encourages us in our every affliction so that we may be able to encourage those who are in any affliction with the encouragement with which ourselves are encouraged by God. For as Christ's sufferings overflow to us, so through Christ is our encouragement. If we are afflicted, it is for your encouragement. If we are encouraged, it is for your encouragement. Get the idea, encouragement 10 times in three, letter, in three sentences. Paul's trying to tell us something. Barnabas was onto something. We're called to be that Barnabas right where we are with the people we live and work with, with our community, the people we associate with, our conversations have to be filled with encouragement because we've been encouraged by God through our baptism, through his grace of forgiveness, through his constant love for us. He keeps encouraging us and we have to pass it on. We have to pass it on.